The Crowncast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Listen to your city at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Hello, everybody. This is Justin from the Crowncast. And uh, once again, you're listening to a post-react uh, where we react to the the matches that Charlotte FC plays and goes on the road and shockingly manages to lose uh, against Inter-Miami. Uh, we dropped this one 3-2 on the road. This is a, a tough one. Um Avid listeners of the Crowncast will realize this is not Logan doing the intro and <laughs> getting started here. Uh, Logan is uh, off gallivanting and enjoying some other football. Uh, I am instead joined today, and we're very excited to to uh, greet and welcome to the show, uh, Josh from the wonderful Banks Beers and Soccer blog. Good morning, Josh. Hey, good morning, Justin. How are you doing? Uh, you know, I was doing better... <laughs> In the first half of last night's match, uh, we, we go up 2-0 for those who didn't get a chance to see. Jordi Reyna gets a goal after 25 seconds and then another yep. goal in the 42nd. We go in at halftime up 2-0. I was feeling great. And then the second half, uh, we just got torn apart. We concede three, including a, a third in stoppage time to drop all three points on the road. It was rough. Yep. I'm, I'm sort of with you right on uh, all those points. Um, first half wasn't wasn't the most exciting outside of those two goals for Yordi, but at the very least, you know, a two-goal lead, you're feeling like you're walking away with hopefully a win and at the very least uh, a tie, but, um, you know, other things happened. Yeah, and, and let's be honest too, like we go up two in the first half, other than the two goals, we did not win that first half. We were pinned back. There were a lot of chances. Mm-hmm. Christian Kalina had to come to our rescue a few times. Guzman Caru yeah. had to come to our rescue a few times. It was rough. Yeah, I was I was a bit surprised at how much possession Miami was able to have in that first half. Um, you know, on the year, they're not actually a team that, that dominates possession or anything. I think they're a little less than 50%. Um, you know, possession isn't everything, but I thought that they really just were not letting us have the ball. Um, and I thought our, our midfield really in particular got kind of overrun by them, um, which is very surprising because I don't I can't remember when that's happened all year. Yeah, it was it was definitely tough. And they I mean, they beat us 60 40 on possession. And I got to admit, mm. like a lot of their possession was not sort of stroke it around the back possession. This was possession yeah. in dangerous areas possession in areas of threat and so it was rough yeah actually um i would have if i had had to guess i would have guessed that the possession would have been greater than that i think it was in the second half i think i remember one of their announcers saying it was something like 70 30 in the second half at one point um yeah so but i agree i agree with you it wasn't like uh the early days of uh of mar if I'm able to <laughs> say his name, <laughs> where we were just oh, yeah. where, you know, you get a lot of possession and it's just passing around the back. They were they were in the middle of the third. They were in the attacking third. Um, they were all around our goal. Yeah. So um, we'll move into uh, I guess there are some people to crown. So, Josh, why don't you go ahead and give yeah. us uh, your crown first? Yeah, so um, I, I think the obvious crown is, is kind of Yordi just for the the two goals, um, especially that second goal is a really really good one. Um, he almost did it twice during the game. I think uh, Calendar saved his first sort of curler um, one attempt that he had, um, but I think you kind of have to crown him just for just for having those two goals. Um, 
And then I, you know, as a, as a secondary one, I would say Carujo. I thought he had a, a good game. He was under a lot of pressure, but I thought he looked really calm in the back. Um, and, you know, when they got into the box, he wasn't panicking, which I think sometimes he, he can do. Um, so th- those would be my two shouts. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's absolutely Guzman Carujo. Logan loves the guy. Uh, he, he's a stud <laughs> at the back. I think probably had a shout along with Kalina as the two guys that maybe from the squad could have made the the MLS All Star team. Um, and he yeah. was tidy again. I think it's a little concerning to see him again go off injured. Uh, he does mm-hmm. uh, get withdrawn in the eighty third or so, uh, sort of late yeah. in the match. Um, but second match in a row that he's had to be withdrawn with a, a little injury. It. I think highlights the lack of depth that we've got at the center back position. So that's a little concerning. Yeah. Um, and then Yordi's kind of an interesting situation, right? Cause he does score the two. I, you got to crown him for the brace, but at the same time, besides the brace, he wasn't particularly great. I'm, I'm looking at uh, FB ref right now and 42% passing on the day. Oh yeah. No, that's, that's not going to get it done from a wide player. No, I mean, it's it's awful. And we were talking a little bit prior to recording for all of our listeners that, you know, there were a couple of situations where we should have had more and, and Jordi Reyna is kind of the player who killed it. So it's it's one of those weird, yeah. like, the highs are real high with Jordi Reyna because you're right, that, that other cur- curler that he hit earlier before he scored his second, mm-hmm. that was destined for the same top corner. Uh, yep. and, and Calendar makes a beautiful fingertip save to keep it out. But... You know, the lows were also pretty low with Jordi Reyna, so. Yeah, I um, think the only other, sorry, I was just going to say, I think the only other sort of positive that he that he had was he did draw a few fouls. I thought he, I thought he did have some quick feet at some times and was able to get around people. Um, but, you know, when the passing fails him after that, it's, you know, not something that really uh, we can celebrate too much, I think. Yeah, I mean, he's beating men on the dribble, but but then losing possession on the pass, and it doesn't really, yeah. you know, end up anything positive for us. So, um, I'm gonna get my crowns in here, and this is a this is kind of a tough one, right? Because nobody did particularly well. Yeah, uh, Christian Kalina gets some really great saves. Uh, so you know, I think you got to crown him again for keeping this from being worse than it was. Uh, yes. There's not a lot that he could have done for a lot of these goals. Gonzalo Higuain for the the second and Robert Taylor for the first. They just, you know, cut through the defense and have a great look. Uh, We had the warning with Gonzalo Higuain. He he had put another in the back earlier that was flagged off for offside. And I think it was just his toe that was offside. It was not, it was not a lot. Yeah, I mean, if I'm being perfectly honest, I think he's probably kept on for that one, and and that's a, a bit bad that that was was given as an offside. But yeah, um, I also personally, and and you know, I don't know that the numbers necessarily back this up. Although he did complete seventy eight percent of his passes uh, up front with uh, uh, sixteen carries and three progressive ones. Um, I thought Carol Swiderski continues to sort of trend in the right direction. This is another match where yep. the support wasn't necessarily there for Carol Swiderski. Um, I mm-hmm. don't think that Gizwiak brought a lot on the, the right wing to help Swiderski out today. And the midfield, like you said, definitely sort of let him down. But I'm seeing more fight. 
in the third minute, there was a, a challenge in the midfield that early in this season, Carol Swiderski goes down under and does not draw mm-hmm. the foul under. And this time he rode the yeah. tackle out, he kept possession, and he got the pass off. Those are the improvements that I like to see out of Carol Swiderski, and that's what I want to continue seeing going forward. So, Yeah, I'm, some, I'm with you on, on both of those points. Some positives. A lot mm-hmm. more negatives in this match. A lot more negatives. So, uh, Josh, let's go ahead and move into the cards. I don't think it's fair that we can say we're just going to card the other, <laughs> you know, eight players on the yeah. match or on the, the pitch or anything like that. But yeah. Uh, who's your first, we'll, we'll do a couple of cards here, I think. And, and who okay. are you going to card first? So uh, my cards, if I can sort of share it is the partnership of walks and Fuchs. Um, I've been really pleasantly surprised with walks the past few games. Um, if anyone follows the blog, uh, if they, See my Twitter. I'm a big proponent of Fuchs as a left back, um, but they really struggled against Miami. Um, time and again, Miami was attacking that side of our defense, um, and I just didn't think that their communication was was really good. Um, there were times when it felt like there was a lot of space between them, and they weren't communicating about who should be taking what runner and who should be tracking what person. I don't think that they got a lot of help from the midfield. Um, but it's sort of a shared card between them for spending 90 minutes not being able to figure that out, especially since Fuchs is, I mean, he's 36. He's hugely experienced. Uh, Walks is also an experienced player. You know, they should have been able to to figure out how to defend that attack by Miami and especially Taylor a little bit better, I thought. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's it, This was another match where I think Fuchs' age was a little exposed. Uh, uh, 36, mm-hmm. it just it doesn't have the pace. And yeah. there was a lot of change of direction skill from Miami on that right wing. And and I think it was mm-hmm. very difficult for him. Um, it's it's one of those situations where, where I love what Fuchs brings offensive like i i think that he is very calm at the back when you're trying to play out from under pressure i think that he has the best long ball on the team Mm, absolutely but defensively is he just a little bit too much of a liability i i agree with you i think he's probably best at left back i also think he's Mm -hmm. probably best at left back six years ago (laughs) you know for (laughs) he still has a little bit more pace so i I think the I think the question is um, at 36, can he play every game? And I understand wanting to to have a consistent lineup. Um, I thought that the past few games he hasn't looked slow. That's just my personal opinion, and that he's done well. Um, I don't know if we faced the sort of speed and trickery the past few games along that side, and maybe that's the reason why it was such a a difference this game. Um, but I think that there's a real argument to be made that he can't play every week. Um, and I think the issue then becomes, well, then who do you play instead of him? Because, because Mora is solid defensively, but he's kind of an unspectacular player all around. Um, and I think you just you lose a lot when you don't have Fuchs in there. Um, and I think it shows that both Mar and now Latanzio are just really hesitant to take him out of the lineup. 
Yeah, I mean, as this summer transfer window has opened, I have really been hoping for not necessarily designated player signings, but mm-hmm. reinforcements at the back. Christian McCann yes. is not a, a a bench guy right now. Uh, mm-hmm. We need we need another center back. We need help at left back. Honestly. I'm confused still as to why Harrison Awful keeps getting the start over Jalen Lindsay, because when Lindsay gets his cameos, he looks better, uh, I think. And and I think Harrison Awful, you know, he gives away a bad foul here and, and gets carded. He gave away the penalty against Nashville. It didn't end up hurting us, but he's the one who gave it away. Yeah. He's another guy who's 35 years old and, and maybe just yeah. not up for it anymore. So I don't know. I think um, um, I think I disagree with you a little bit on awful. Um, I, I I didn't think he had a particularly good game this game. Um, I mean, that's again the the majority of the players unfortunately didn't. Um, when I look at him playing, what I think Latanzio is looking for is a fullback on that side who can fill into the midfield a little bit. Um, and my guess is that he's not trusting Lindsay to do that right now. Um, that he feels awful can, can field while also do his duties right back. Um, I don't know that awful has been great. I thought, I think he's been decent the past few games. Um, and it's really hard to tell whether Lindsay can do that job because every time he gets an appearance, it's in a back five, um, as a wing back, which is not the same role that awful's playing. Um, I wouldn't be against Jalen getting uh, some more opportunities because I'm usually a potential over experienced person. As long as the potential shows that they're not going to make a ton of mistakes and Jalen, you know, has shown that he can be a really solid player. Yeah. I mean, I'm at this point, I know that we haven't seen a ton of Jalen. He, for some reason, sat down after, uh, after Mara left and everything. But I think we know what Awful does. Obviously, we don't mm-hmm. see the, the training sessions or anything. I just would like to see more out of that position than we're getting right now. Generally, I think yep. we need reinforcements across the back line, though. Oh, yeah, I absolutely agree. I think I think just getting um, someone, I would prefer someone with some MLS experience who knows the league, who can play left back. Um, not necessarily as a starter, but I think I think just getting a player like that would actually solve a lot of our our issues um, because you can play Fuchs as a center back. Um, and so he could end up being um, more depth in that position where you have someone who's a little bit better than Mora uh, to start. Yeah, especially if, you know, we're having some injury issues with Carujo. I think having yeah. walks Carujo and Fuchs as the center back rotation is a great thing to have if we get some support, especially at the left back spot. Yeah, agreed. Uh, anybody else you wanted to card or, I mean, it, I, um, I think it's a great shout that Fuchs and walks got absolutely slaughtered last night in Miami. Yeah. I, I think the only other one, and I, and I hate to do it because I'm also a, a fan of his, but um, I didn't think Ruiz had the best of games. I thought, this card is not necessarily for him doing anything bad necessarily that stuck out more so just for him. I didn't really notice him in the game. He had one good run uh, late in the second half where he, he got fouled. 
Um, but that was the first time that I, I felt like I kind of saw him and went, oh, there's the guy who was, you know, terrorizing Nashville last week. Um, so that was a little disappointing because I kind of thought Ruiz was getting going in the league. And I thought he was sort of showing why we, you know, had signed him and, and waited a year keeping him. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say I don't think Ruiz or McNeil or Bender when he came in to take McNeil's spot. I don't know that any of them had a really great game. You know, I think Bronico had a serviceable, you know, 6.57 out of 10 ish game. Um, yeah. You know, compared to the rest of the squad, I don't like he said, I don't know that anybody did particularly well. But uh, they were both fairly quiet, I thought. It, it would have been interesting, given sort of the attacking thrust of this Miami side, the trickery and, and sort of the speed. I wonder if there was any consideration ever given to going to a more defensive double pivot uh, in the the uh, midfield and bringing like uh, Derek Jones in next mm-hmm. to Brent Ronico and then maybe Ruiz in front of the two of them uh, sort of double destroyer midfield uh with with Ruiz as the outlet ball forward. Bronico when we interviewed him has some experience going forward. I think he had a really great run against Nashville where he got up to the end line. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, maybe a little bit more defensively minded midfield in a situation like this one against a team like Miami could have been better. Uh because you're right, it was a it was an anonymous performance from Ruiz and McNeil uh up there. Yeah. Um, um, I did just want to say, I think the, the only uh, thing I will say in McNeil's defense is that he did, everyone is, you know, rightly happy with, uh, Reina's second goal and his finish. Um, but if you watch that video, McNeil has some really good feet against, I think it's Yedlin maybe, um, down that side. I don't know. One of the Miami fullbacks, uh, to get around him and to put that ball across, the box that eventually ends up at uh Reina's feet. Um, yeah. But aside from that, aside from that, I don't know that he really, he stood out very much. Yeah. Um, That leaves uh, some cards for me. You know, I think that, uh, I think that Christian McCoon again in his, you know, brief appearance was really poor. We've talked bef- uh, earlier in this about how he's really not set, uh, to to play at center back in MLS. I think he got beaten again, you know, a lot. Uh, uh, and, and on the final goal, I put most of that on Christian McCoon, not getting into position, not being sort of firm enough in the tackle to stop that chance from happening. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I'm tired of seeing him. And at this point, I would almost rather see Jan Subasinski take these. I, I can't remember if Subasinski still injured or not, but. Yeah, I, I'm not sure either. Spot. I, I at this point, I would agree with you. I I have again also earlier in the season, I, I have been a defender of McCoon. To me, he looks like a player who doesn't have confidence anymore. Um, I, I know people got really frustrated with him even at the beginning of the year when he was starting under Mar. Um, but I could see the talent there. Um, when he plays now, I just he feels tentative to me. Uh, when he's on the pitch, like he's trying not to make a mistake. Um, and so I, he looks like a player who just doesn't have the confidence right now for, for whatever reason. And I mean, he hasn't had the run of games. Um, and when he has gone into games, he hasn't been particularly effective. So I'm sure that's not helping the situation. 
I mean, we could send him potential. I don't know what his contract says about this or anything like that, but we could send him down to the independents. Maybe let him get some some minutes under against USL competition and get the confidence back. I thought yeah. Coa Santos has done reasonably well in a couple of cameo appearances, and he's playing for the independents right now. We could just sort of swap him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I you know, MLS contracts still confuse me. You know, the way yeah. the salary cap is running everything. <laughs> you know, it feels way too complicated all the time. Uh, but that's not a bad idea. You know, I do think he needs some games to get himself back going. Um, but you know, the answer right now is probably not when we're trying to defensively hold out and see through a game. No. Uh, the other card I'm going to give is actually, I think Christian Latanzio is going to get a card for me. Cause I just don't know if he quite gets this right. You know, yeah. I understand that he's still trying to get this starting 11 settled. He's trying to get it sort of set. But I feel like this one, you know, we talked a little uh, a little earlier about maybe Derek Jones is a better choice in here because there's this attacking mm-hmm. threat. The substitution at oh, what was it like sixty fifty eight minutes? He brings Something Ben Bender there, on yeah. for Quinn McNeil, and he brings Joseph Mora on for Harrison Awful, and he goes into this weird back five. Where Mora goes out to left back, we switch to the mm-hmm. the sort of back three uh, of uh, of Carujo and um, Walks and Fuchs, and then Kamil Yozwiak goes back and starts playing right wing back. Yep. And it it felt like that's when things fell apart. It felt like that's when things fell apart in terms of because like a minute later, yep, Miami scores their first goal. And mm-hmm. it's Robert Taylor skinning Joseph Mora and then <laughs> Christian Fuchs and, and just blistering down that right offensive wing, our defensive left. And I got to wonder, like, does the change of shape throw us off long enough to open the door for Miami? You know, I, I think it might have. The other thing I will say is I don't think Bender should walk away unscathed from that either if you if you watch especially from the uh the replay from behind the goal um i think bender is really weak in challenging uh taylor he kind of lets taylor just run off his shoulder um and your your point of someone like a jones is not going to let that (laughs) jones is going to body him he might draw a foul he might not but the point is he's not going to let him just sort of run at that back line um and you know it's not all bender's fault you know he's uh, our defensive players have to step up there. Um, but, you know, he does go in there and just, I think, lets Taylor just run a little too free through that area. Yeah, when I was watching the replay, it looked to me like Bender's initial responsibility was to cover the the drop ball back to the top of the 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, not okay. necessarily to get into challenge, Robert. Because like, I think that the expectation there is that I think Fuchs should force him to the end line with that run mm. uh, rather than letting him cut back up uh, into the box. Um, gotcha. But I think a lot of players in that sequence against Robert Taylor for their first goal are are to blame. I, I think a lot of people get beaten too easily there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just feel like the change of shape... I'm I'm okay with Jordi Reyna, you know, eventually coming off. Uh, I'm okay with Quinn McNeil and Harrison Awful coming off there. But again, mm-hmm. 
why isn't it Jalen Lindsay for Harrison Awful? Why isn't it Joseph Mora for Christian Fuchs and retain the back four? Because we had been under pressure, but we had been handling it okay up until that point. And yeah. it looked like it unsettled things. And I don't know that it was necessarily the right decision. I, I don't understand, you know, I guess I just don't understand that particular change. If it's Quinn McNeil needs to come off again, why isn't it Derek Jones? We're sitting on a two goal lead at that point. Bring in the defensive help to help cover for that rather than, you know, I'm a big fan of Bender when he can find the space like he was able to against Nashville to sort of settle on the ball and make some passes. But but I don't know. I don't know that Bender's the guy you throw on if you're trying to, to protect the lead. I I really agree with that whole statement. Um, I, I, I think was Gaines on the bench for us this game as yeah. well. Um, he's a, he's another one who I kind of would have thought about instead of Bender, especially if you are going to a back five to sort of sit and protect a lead just because of his pace. Um, I'm with you on Bender. I like when he's in space, but when you're protecting a two goal lead, I don't know that he makes a lot of sense. His, his best abilities are further up the pitch. And when you're trying to sit in and, uh, just stop them, which it kind of felt like. Uh, that's what we were doing. I think I honestly, I think I tweeted it right before the second goal. I was like, you know, it feels like we're playing like there's two minutes left rather than 20 minutes left. Um, and so I don't think Latanzio got these, these correct. Um, on the, on the Lindsay point, I, I really am feeling, and I'm concerned that Latanzio doesn't trust him in a back four. Um, because we haven't seen him, I feel like, play in a back four yet. He's always coming on when we're switching to that back five. Um, and I don't know why that might be, but um, I'm a little curious if that might be the case. See, I thought defensively uh, under Marr at the beginning of the season, I thought Carujo and Lindsay on the right side of our defense was was really effective. I don't know necessarily about going forward, and I know that that is a part of Latanzio's game and everything, but... Yeah, I mean, we we left. Obviously, George Marks isn't going to get a chance to play over Christian Kalina right now. But Mackenzie Gaines, mm-hmm. Kerwin Vargas, and Derek Jones are the unused subs. I think that at least Derek Jones should have seen some time. I think mm-hmm. Gaines and Vargas, given how we were trying to sort of hoof the ball clear and yep. hope somebody could get onto it. Gaines and Vargas bring you the pace to maybe get on a long ball and at least trouble the back line. But, but yep. I love Shinyashiki, uh, you know, but Shinyashiki is another guy who needs some link up play going on around him. And if there was one thing that was horribly lacking in last night's match, it was the ability for Charlotte FC to link play anywhere on the pitch. Yep. I, I agree. It felt like we were either pinned, pinned back or we were just hoofing the ball past the, uh, the halfway line and, and hoping that we could get on the end of a second, a second ball. Yeah. And uh, Logan's not here to stop me from doing this. So <laughs> uh, I am going to once again, card the officiating in major league soccer because uh, low from Miami should have been sent off for his absolute acting down to Quinn McNeil uh, uh, in the 46 minute, right before the half. Um, mm-hmm. It, it's strangely he swallowed his whistle for the for the whole first half. He let Miami keep getting away with with what I thought were 
you know, some bad fouls. And then in the second half, the yellow card started flying left and right, primarily to Charlotte FC. We got five yellow cards in the second half. Yep. Several for, I don't know, it, it, it seemed <laughs> very weak. Yeah. Um, and then their last goal, you know, Bender gets bowled over from behind. We, we talked mm-hmm. a little bit before, you know, and you mentioned it is a poor touch from Bender to try and collect. It's loose. And there is, yep. you know, maybe an opportunity for a 50-50. There's a difference in my mind between a 50-50 and running up the back of Ben Bender. Um, didn't get, you know, didn't get taken a look at. It didn't get overturned or anything like that. I thought just another, and it's more frustrating because I thought last week, and I mentioned this in the post-react last week, against Nashville, I thought we saw good MLS officiating. I thought there was a good Mm -hmm. run of play. I thought it was smooth. I thought things got called when they needed to get called. And other than that, it was quiet. This was wildly inconsistent because if you let Damian Lowe from Miami make that kind of tackle where you put your studs into the ankle of another player and only give a yellow and then don't call you know, you don't call anything else for an entire half and then completely change your officiating strategy. It's unfair and unsafe to the players to not know, you know, how they can play this match. Yeah, I I thought I thought the awful yellow was a fair one. Um, I think that was more just really good skill from Gibbs and he got done. Um, the, Re- the Ruiz yellow was also a clear one um the ones that really upset me were the Uzwiak and Swiderski ones uh in that situation in those games uh you know things get heated and I just I hate when refs can't take a player just yelling um and that's what I felt like he couldn't take he was like oh they're they're upset they're yelling at me here's a card um and I just I really didn't get that because if you're going to do that, then you need to do that the entire game because the entire game players are going to be yelling back and forth. Um, yeah. The Karuha one I thought was borderline. It, it's a bad tackle when you look at it again. You know, it's kind of dangerous. I did think it was kind of his first foul. I couldn't remember him getting another one. So, you know, I could see it going either way. Some refs I feel like are going to tell you, you know, that's a bad tackle. You haven't had anything else. I'm letting you off. Some are going to get the yellow, but um but I agree, the inconsistency throughout the game is, was really frustrating yeah. um, and unnecessary. Either either call a tight game or, or let them play, but don't sort of go back and forth. Um, and then especially, you know, at the end of the game when things are really, really tense, um, swallowing the whistle on that bender foul was really frustrating. Yep. So all in all, a very frustrating match. Uh, we'll go ahead and wrap up here in this post react though. Thank you, Josh, for, for being yeah. available, for coming on. Uh, we look forward to working more with you as we move forward with, with the crown cast. Do you want to tell everybody where to find you? Yeah. Uh, you can find me at banksbeersoccer.com. Uh, so I try to put out a few posts every week, but at the very least, I'm always doing a uh, preview of who we're playing. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at, at BanksBeerSaka, uh, A-H at the end of soccer, because someone had already taken <laughs> the regular spelling of soccer. Uh, but yeah, thank you, Justin, for having me. I, I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Not so yeah. much the game, but the uh, no. <laughs> the post-react. Yeah. All right. 
we will talk to everybody uh, again on Wednesday when Logan's back in. We'll we'll recap this match a little bit more and look ahead. So thank you all, and uh, talk to you soon. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com. <laughs>